is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. So last week we uh, began to unpack a little bit about our vision as a church. And uh, I put it under four headings to us, uh, which are these, church, presence, kingdom, and mission. And uh, started to talk a little bit about um, what some of those areas and what God is doing in them uh, with us at the moment. And we particularly spent time last week looking at church and what God says about that, and uh, why that's important to us, and why the church is important to him as well, uh, the bride of Christ. And uh, Jesus said to me very clearly that he was going to build his church. And the good news is that we get to be part of what he's doing, which is great fun and a great privilege as well. And it's his church, he is the head of his church, and he's the one building it. And it's our job, if you like, to give him something great to work with. That's us. That's you and me. Living stones, as, uh, as the Bible calls us. And so if you missed that, you want to listen to that, that's on the website. You can download that message. But this morning, I'm hoping we'll get to look at presence and kingdom. And then next week, we'll finish off uh, with mission. So that's the plan. So hopefully, we'll get through to this morning, and we'll see how we go. That's the intention anyway. So let's pray, and then we'll look at God's word together. Father, we do thank you for your presence with us already this morning. As, we've, as we worship, Lord, as we've gathered to you, thank you that you've drawn us close, that you've revealed your heart to us once again. And we pray now that you would speak to us, Lord, from your words, that you would come and teach us, Holy Spirit, that we would have ears to hear what's on your heart for us this morning, and that you may help us to understand and apply it. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Okay, so let's look at presence then. So the second one here is presence, the presence of God. So why is that important to us? What do we want to talk about in terms of God's presence? Well, let me give you some headings first and I'll unpack it a little bit. We want to learn to host and value the presence of God and seek to be led by the Holy Spirit in all that we do. We want to be a prophetic community hearing God and releasing the life of the kingdom. And we want to be a worshipping community. They're my three headings, if you like, under the subject of presence. And I guess in some ways, really, presence should be part of church. And uh, if I just wanted three headings, and probably just having three, church, kingdom and mission, it probably would have flowed better. You might have thought that would have made a better preach, good three points. Don't all begin with the same letter, but we can get away with that just about. But the reason I've pulled this out separately, I want to highlight presence to us, is that I feel this is something new that God is speaking to us about at the moment. So really, just just since the beginning of the year, we have felt as a church, God speak to us afresh about his presence, about the presence of God, and how that should be so important to us. And God has spoken clearly about it to us. And because of that, I feel it needs emphasizing and underlining and raising as important to us at the moment. And really, it starts 
by us being hungry for God's presence, hungry to encounter him. I don't know about you, but as Ray was listing off the uh, type of cakes that he wants to see at the Oakwood Gala in a few weeks' time, my stomach became quite hungry at that moment. I wasn't aware of being hungry until Ray started to speak, and then suddenly I'm sitting there thinking, oh, yeah, cream cakes, oh, flapjacks, oh, butterfly cakes. Oh, but I haven't seen those. I saw those recently after a long time. Butterfly cakes, oh, yes. You know, cream buns, donuts, oh, cream donuts with chocolate on the top. You know, just as he began to helpfully list these things, I found myself being hung- becoming hungry. Did you? Was it just me? You know, I, I'm sure I could hear some stomachs rumbling in that moment. And I wasn't aware of being hungry, and suddenly I found myself being hungry. Listen, sometimes it's like that with God's presence. We're not aware of really going after him. And suddenly we encounter God afresh and we think, oh Lord, yeah, I'm so hungry for your presence. I so want to encounter you more and more and more. And I believe God is speaking to us about being hungry and staying hungry for his presence. You see, with raised cakes, I think that would be a good name for business actually, don't you? Raise, with raised cakes, a little van maybe, you could come around and deliver them to us. That, that would just be great. With raised cakes, you know, you could feast upon them and your hunger would be satisfied. If you had too many, you might think, I've had too many, I'm feeling it now. With God's presence, it's not like that. We're hungry for him and then we stay hungry. And in fact, as we encounter him more and more, we become more hungry. And more hungry for him, and more hungry to encounter him, and to know more of him, and to allow him to lead us, and to speak to us. And it's in these days, I feel that God is speaking to us about being more and more hungry for his presence. So we want to learn to host and value the presence of God, and seek to be led by the Holy Spirit in all that we do. When uh, our friends from Horsham were with us a few weeks ago, Andy and his team, he said on a number of occasions, you guys are so hungry for God's presence. And I, I think we were. And I think we are. I mean, I certainly am. I think you are as well. But friends, we need to stay hungry because it would be easy to let this one slip. It would be easy to say, oh, it doesn't matter so much anymore. Oh, it's, it's all good now. We can just sort of go through the motions and that's fine. Listen, I don't want to just go through the motions. I want to encounter Jesus. I want to know God's presence. And I'm sure that's true of you as well. We need to make sure that we stay hungry for him and for his presence. God has called us to be a people of his presence, to be filled, led, guided by the Holy Spirit. A few weeks ago, I, I, I looked at Exodus 33. We looked at this together, didn't we? And many of you will know the passage, I'm sure, where Moses is talking to the Lord and Moses is hungry for God's presence. And the Lord says to him, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And Moses says to the Lord, if your presence doesn't go with us, do not send us out from here. Then Moses was really clear. If you're not coming, Lord, if your presence isn't with us, don't send us. We don't want to go. No presence, no going. 
You know, and God had already offered Moses, uh, you know, an angel, a pillar of clouds. You think, well, that's not bad going, is it, really? I mean, some of us would settle for that, thinking, that's, that's pretty good. We'll, we'll take the pillar of cloud, we'll, we'll take the angel, if you like, and that, that, that'll do. No, no, Moses is so set on knowing God's presence. He's saying, no, no, if you don't send your presence with us, Lord, don't send us up there. Don't, don't send us to move on. And you know the passage that the Lord reveals himself to Moses, and he knows God's presence afresh. We should be the same. No presence, Lord, we're not going. We need to be so desiring the presence of God. And our meetings together should be characterised by his presence, shouldn't they? Our worship should lead us into God's presence as we seek to worship and glorify Jesus together. And we're learning together what it means to host the presence of God, what that looks like, how we do that, how we steward contributions, how we have spiritual gifts that help us on that journey. The goal is not spiritual gifts, friends. The goal is not so many contributions. We tick them off, think, oh, I'm good this morning. I've got a tongue. I've got an interpretation. Got a prophetic word. Yeah, good morning. We're good to go. No, no, they're, they're, they're there to help us on the journey. The destination is not contributions. The destination is knowing God's presence. Knowing him as he manifests his glory to us. So they're to help us on the way. And it's great we had contributions this morning. It's great we had spiritual gifts. We had, we had a tongue and interpretation, which was wonderful. We had prophetic song and words. Hey, I love that. It's great. But the destination is knowing God and encountering him. In his presence. And so, so we're learning together what that means, how we steward that, how we have contributions of spiritual gifts that help us, just enough to help us, not too many that distract us. And we're learning what that looks like. And it's great to be on that journey together. It means that we so value the presence of God that our prearranged plan is subservient to what the Father wants to do. Amen, indeed. And it might mean that sometimes we extend our worship because God's presence is so here. We might cut the preach a little bit. Or it might mean that sometimes you know, we finish worship earlier and have a longer time looking at God's word in a preach because that's what God is doing in that morning. And that's okay. We just need to be flexible. Now, I am learning to be flexible now, I like structure. I like an ordered plan. I like to know what I'm doing and when I'm doing it. And so I need to learn this. I need to, like, I need to be more comfortable with this. And God's speaking to me about that. But I think we're learning those things together. To host and so value the presence of God. To allow him to lead us and direct us. You see, it's more than just singing songs, great though they are. It's more than just having contributions great though they are. It's encountering the manifest presence of God. The now presence, the felt presence. Now, I know God is always everywhere. His omnipresence. I know you theologians out there are thinking, but he hasn't mentioned the omnipresence of God. Like, I know that. God is always everywhere. What we're talking about here, what Moses was talking about in Exodus 33, is the manifest presence of God. The felt presence, the realized presence, the nearness, the nowness, if you like, of God's. And that's what we want to encounter. 
But friends, you know, it's not just a meeting thing. It's not just for Sunday mornings. This is a life thing. The presence of God should so, so surround us and dwell in us, captivate us that we know him intimately every moment of every day. See, knowing God's presence and his leading is as much from Monday through Saturday as it is for Sunday. This is not just a Sunday thing. One of the prophetic words that we had a few weeks ago from Nikki was this. The Father is releasing his presence and his glory on you in a much greater measure. And this glory will not be contained in the church. It will spill out. Amen. And she goes on. There is a shift taking place from coming into his presence to walking in his presence. And he's calling you to take the fire of his presence into your homes and offices, into the shops and the streets, into the schools and colleges, and into the hospitals. You think, amen. That's what God is speaking to us about. Yes, we learn it on a Sunday very often as we worship the Lord together. We learn to encounter him and steward his presence. But it's in order that we then go out. We'll come to that when we look at mission more next week. But it's not a selfish thing. It's not that we just sit back and go, I've encountered Jesus now. I've I've known God's presence. I'm, I'm all good. It's in order that we allow God to change us and do something in us. We then take that out into the world around us. In Ezekiel 47, God led Ezekiel into the river that flowed from the temple. And this river is a picture of God's presence. It became huge, causing much change. And it brought life. And that's what exact, exactly what God's presence does. It brings life, doesn't it? We encounter the Lord. He brings life. And that leads us to being a prophetic community, hearing God and releasing the life of the kingdom. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 14, chapter 1. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. Paul calls us to eagerly desire prophecy. Why do you think that is? What's, What's all that about? Well, In the prophetic, we learn to listen to what the Father is saying and learn to speak what the Father is speaking. And as we speak, we don't just speak our own words, we speak the words from heaven. We speak life into situations. We speak the life of the kingdom into people. We can bring hope and bring life. And and friends, we want that to mark us out as a church. And we're learning that as well. You know, you may remember from your school days being told a little rhyme. It went something like this. Sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never harm you. And you remember that from your your school days? I want to say this. That's rubbish. Utter nonsense. I know what it's saying, but it's, it's nonsense. Words have power. They have power to harm and to cut down, or words have power to encourage and build up and bring life. And particularly when we speak words of the kingdom and we hear what the Father's saying, we speak it out, that brings life to situations. It brings life. We want to bring the life of the kingdom. God has spoken to us about this. He's spoken to us about being that sort of prophetic community 
So friends, I want to encourage us, let's go for it. Let's go for it on a Sunday. But not just on a Sunday. I would love us to learn to do this out on the streets. Not just on a Sunday morning in a safe place, a worship place. But in the marketplace where the rest of the world is. You could use, you could be prophetic in your place of work. Think about it for a moment. You might not say in a staff meeting, for example, on Monday morning, well, I've got a prophetic word about this situation. You might not use that sort of language, but you might feel God speak to you about the challenges that you're facing in your place of work or business. And you might say, well, have you thought about trying this? Or, or maybe, we, maybe we could do this together. You might describe it differently. You might use a different set of words, but it's the same gift at work. Exactly the same gift at work. And you can speak encouragement without being religious. You might say to a colleague or a friend, hey, you'll be great at that. You know, but you should try it. I think you'd be really good at this. It's a, it's a gift of encouragement, isn't it? You might not frame it in terms of, I have a word of encouragement for you, brother. You're not going to say that on a Monday morning in your place of work. Well, my advice to you is don't say that on a Monday morning in your place of work. But say it differently. But it's the same gift at work, isn't it? Speaking life. Speaking the life of the kingdom. I want to encourage us, friends. Let's be seeking to be prophetic, not just on a Sunday morning, but in every situation we face during the week. We want to be a, a worshipping community as well, just quickly. Worship has always been a hallmark of Jubilee. It's so exciting to know that God has called us to be a worshipping community. I think that's right at the heart of what we're doing in Burton as well. God is adding worshippers into that group there. But I think more than ever in this new season, God is calling us to a place of intimacy in worship. More and more he's speaking to us about that. And so we'll give good time to worshipping when we, when we come together. But that's our first value, isn't it? To love God and to love worshipping him. But, you know, as we worship, let's expect to encounter his presence. Let's be expecting that God is going to manifest his presence and we're going to encounter him and be changed. If you read through scripture, you find that when people encountered the presence of the Lord, they were changed. They went away different. We want to go away different, don't we? Having met with and having met with the Lord. Okay, let's talk about kingdom briefly. So we've got church and presence and kingdom. Why is that important to us as a church? Well, we want to see the poor and the vulnerable served and the kingdom of God advanced in local communities right across the city. So Jesus said this in Luke chapter 4. He was quoting from Isaiah 61. He says this, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. In that moment, as Jesus quotes from Isaiah 61, it's like he's reading out his job description. <laughs> as he opens the scroll and reads it out, it, it could have a heading at the top, you know, your job description is to, oh, okay, proclaim good news to the poor 
And so he goes on. Now, I know this applies to the spiritually poor. But listen, it also applies to the materially poor. Yes, we can spiritualize it, but let's make sure in that moment of spiritualizing it, we don't miss the obvious meaning. The obvious meaning is those who are poor. So the gospel is good news to the poor, isn't it? It really is. And whether it's the financially poor or the relationally poor, the emotionally poor or the spiritually poor, the gospel is good news. And we need to proclaim proclaim it confidently and boldly. The kingdom of God coming. Good news to the poor. So let me give you a couple of examples of ways that we're involved in helping to proclaim good news to the poor. Kevin, why don't you come and talk to us about faith, hope and enterprise briefly. I'd supported accommodation for some of the most uh, marginalised, socially excluded people, mainly in Derby, but we also have accommodation in Ashbourne and Belper. Um, I'll tell you just a story about a girl that we started working with about four years ago who is known to some of you. When she joined us, we took a real risk. She was in active drug use, uh, an alcoholic, quite a long history of uh, violent offending behaviour. Today... Um, she hasn't had a drink for two years. She hasn't used for two years. She's living in a family home that we've provided with her little girl who's 15 months old and her partner. Um, Last year, I was able to take her up to her family that she'd been estranged from for quite a number of years. She's rebuilding relationship with her dad, who's a recovered alcoholic as well, but had disowned her. And then last year, she asked me if I would take her to see her brother, who um, is com- was coming to the end of a very long prison sentence. Uh, she hadn't seen him for over four and a half years. Went and met him. Loved him. Went and met him again. Uh, a week and a half ago, we housed him. And um, they're rebuilding their relationship. I've got hopes for him and his parents. That might be a longer journey. Um, but in a very practical way, this is one of the ways that you can help. He came out of prison a week and a half ago after a very long sentence, um, wearing the clothes that he stood up in and with a plastic folder with some paperwork in it. Uh, so we've been able to provide him with a couple of sets of clean clothes and some new underwear and some food that you have donated. So this whole idea of just when you do your shop, if you could just spend one pound or buy one item of non-perishable food uh, that you can then bring, put in the Lobby there on a Sunday, I guarantee we will give that to people who really need it. Um, It's an important part of that journey. We've been able to support that family with food over the last couple of years. That's one of the things that makes a real difference. Um, And it gives you the right to start to speak into lives and help rebuild families. The fact that, you know, you love people and you care for them in a very practical way. We can always be giving away food. So if you need to know more about that, please let me know. Um, If you want to give financially towards food provision, there's a scheme that we can use to do that as well. Um, We're becoming a charity this summer, yes, Um, so we can gift aid it as well, however you want to give, um, but it makes a real difference. Excellent. Thank you. It's so good to hear a, a live story, isn't it? And it's a way that we get to 
be involved and partner with this um, nearly charity <laughs> and uh, really being able to bring the kingdom of God and to serve those who are uh, in that sort of situation that Kevin described. And that's part of advancing the kingdom, isn't it? It's part of kingdom. It's a kingdom work. It's a kingdom action. Another example that we're involved in as a church would be Smile. I was going to get Sarah to talk about this, but she's done a runner, and so is Joe. So you have to get me to talk about Smile. But Smile is a respite facility that we run as a church for uh, families who have children with additional needs. And uh, many of you are involved in this. Uh, Others of you, it may be uh, something you haven't heard about yet. We've got about 30 families that we serve on a a monthly basis. Uh, Last month, we had 26 children, uh, which is our highest number ever. And uh, that was a a pretty packed morning. Uh, But it was great. It was just fantastic. And uh, it's just another example of being able to bring the kingdom of God and advancing his kingdom and serving and loving people. I've said on several occasions that it stuck in my mind one of the first times we did this. I said to one of the parents as they came back to collect their child at the end of the morning, I said, well, well, have you had a good morning? Uh, And she said with with all seriousness, yes, I managed to have a hot cup of tea. I sort of looked rather quizzically at her. But in her life, that was such a rare occasion because... Uh, her, her, her child was so demanding of her that that rarely happened. But we were able to give her a little respite of a morning and she had some space and time on her own and it so blessed her. And that's what we do for these families. And next month we're taking uh, the children on an outing uh, to the uh, the Burton Adventure is it a Burton Adventure Farm? It's called. It's down down your way somewhere, isn't it? Uh, just down the A38, taking the kids out for the morning to the the Adventure Farm there. But it's another example of us being able to serve and love people and demonstrate the kingdom of God. So the, the kingdom of God is good news, and by some of these things that we're talking about, by providing food or clothes to those who have nothing, or providing some respite to a family with a, a child that's got additional needs. That's demonstrating the kingdom of God to these people. But you know, the kingdom of God that we're talking about here doesn't just have to be a big organized thing. It doesn't have to be a big project. It doesn't have to be a, a company or a charity or it doesn't have to have you know, lots of organization or, or, or lots of people around it. It might just be something you do as a life group to demonstrate God's love to your community. That might be the kingdom of God coming to where you live. It might be as simple as picking the litter up off your local park. It might be, it might be as easy as that. It might be serving some people in your road. Maybe you don't get out very much and find it hard to get shopping and, uh, and get some necessities in and you could serve and love them. It might be really straightforward. It might be dead easy. It might just be like that. It doesn't have to be a big organized thing. But my challenge to you is this. In what way are you expressing and demonstrating the kingdom of God? Both individually, as a family, and as a life group. I'd love you to ask those questions this week in life groups across the church. As you gather, ask these three questions. In what way are we advancing and demonstrating the kingdom of God personally, as a family, 
and as a life group. Now, I know there will be other things that we will do as a church, and I'm excited about what they might be in the future. It's great that we're involved in these couple of things we've talked about, but these are just examples, I believe, of what God wants to do in other areas as well. One of the prophetic words that we had recently as a church was that we would be involved in working with the local council in a whole area of adoption and fostering. And I know some of you are involved in that world already. But again, it's another way of demonstrating the kingdom of God. But let me encourage you. It can be something that you can do personally, as a family, and as a life group. So be asking the questions this week and challenging and encouraging one another. But the last part of, uh, of kingdom here is this. We want to see people healed and set free. Amen? We want to see people healed. Luke 9 verse 1 says, When Jesus called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal those who were ill. Healing goes with the kingdom. It's a sign of the kingdom, isn't it? As people are healed and set free, it's a sign of the kingdom of God coming. I want to see that more and more because it's core to our calling. The command of Jesus is preach the kingdom of God and heal the sick. They go together. It's like two sides of the same piece of paper. Two sides of the coin. It's the same deal. Preach the kingdom, heal the sick. You see, it's not an optional extra just for the spiritually mature, as we might describe them, or for the advanced. It's not like, you know, you do the basic Christianity and then there's the advanced stuff, which is the healing stuff for a few select people. It's not like that at all. It's for all of us, friends. If you know and love Jesus then let me tell you, he wants you to preach the kingdom and heal the sick. This is not just something for, as you might see, others. It's for all of us. Now, I know we've got a way to go in this area. But I do believe we're moving forwards. We really are. I know that we don't see everybody healed that we pray for, but we do see some. And you know what? If we don't pray for anybody... This is profound. Are you ready here? If we don't pray for anybody, we're not going to see anybody healed. So we're just, we've got to pray for some people to see anybody healed, haven't we? So I told you it was profound. That was deep. Months of study that took. But it's true, isn't it? You know, sometimes we can think, oh, I'm not seeing many people healed. Well, how many people are you praying for? Are you stepping out and asking God to break in, to bring healing and to set people free? No prayer, no healing. Quite simple. Now, I know God can do it sovereignly, and sometimes does. But if you're thinking, oh, God's not using me much in healing, well, how many people are you praying for? The challenge for all of us, me included, is to pray for more sick people. Because then we might see more people healed. It's true, isn't it? I do believe God's speaking to us about this, because we're seeing more. It was great to hear from Jazz the other week about how God's healed her just recently. We've got to keep pressing into this, keep telling the stories. But I do believe God has got more for us in this area and wants us to grow in this area. One of the prophetic words recently from Joe that we had as a church a few weeks ago was this. There are a number of people here who have had a dream of seeing significant healing breaking out through your lives. There's a power encounter from heaven for you. Miracles of healing, signs and wonders, words of knowledge. Disappointments and doubts are being broken off you and the Holy Spirit is, bringing, is breathing in fresh faith 
as he draws you into the Father's love for you. Have you dreamt of seeing more people healed? Have you, dreamt of, have you ever said to the Lord, Lord, I'd love to see more people healed? God has got this for us, friends. We need to keep pressing in. Keep pressing into all he has for us. We're going to pray in a moment along these themes. You might want to be thinking about how you might respond. You might find that God is speaking to you about giving you fresh faith to step out in the area of healing. It might be that you're sick this morning. Well, we'd love to pray for you. We'd love to ask God to come and meet with you. But last week I talked um, a little bit about the next chapter of life in, in Jubilee. That is bringing John onto our staff team part-time in September. And the reason we're doing that, friends, is to help us with this vision. Is to help us move forwards. And I spoke last week, because I won't do it all again, about what a good pastor is from Ephesians 4. How they don't do all the work, but they equip others to do the work of the ministry. And I believe John's going to help us in that. But as he joins our staff team, we're praying and believing that God will release more and more of these things to us. And so next Sunday and the Sunday after, over two weeks, we're going to have a special offering. And we're praying and asking God for £20,000. And in that, we might be able to use that to, to cover John's salary for a year or so and all the other stuff that goes with it, like pension and national insurance and all those sort of things and expenses that happen when you employ somebody. But as well as that, we want to be able to give into the offering at Devoted in the summer. Rupert mentioned that uh, this morning. We're going to give uh, a tithe of it into that offering as well. And so I want to ask you, friends, could you partner with us? I do believe this is the next step for us as a church. And so this week, could you pray about what you may be able to give into that? And I want to ask you and encourage you to give enthusiastically and generously. But also, as we quoted last week, joyfully. Because God loves a cheerful giver. In 2 Corinthians 8, Paul says this, But just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. There is a grace of giving. And over these next two weeks, next Sunday and the week after, we have an opportunity to step out and excel in this grace of giving. And you have an opportunity to step out and grow in your relationship with the Lord as you do it. As you ask him for that grace of giving, as you step out, as you're generous and enthusiastic and joyful in your giving. Be asking God this week what it means for you. What it means for you. Now we're going to do some things that try and make it practical and, and help you. So you can give next week by cash or cheque or you can do a, a, a bank transfer from online from your bank into the church bank. Or it may be that you want to give a certain amount but you can't do it all in one go. Well, there'll be some pledge cards as well. And you might say, well, I want to give you know, a certain amount of money. I can't do it all this month. But over the next six months, I you know, pledge to give a certain amount on top of your regular giving. You can do that as well. We want to try and make it as easy as possible and ways that each of us together can step out and trust God in this. So please be praying for that this week. Please be praying about what your part of it is as well. But also, let's be praying that we might see God grow his church. We might know more of his presence. We might see the kingdom of God advanced. And as a result of all those things, mission might 
go forth and we'll talk about more next week. Can we stand together? I want to pray as we close. And then in a moment, if the band could come up, please, now, that would be great. In a moment, I'm going to invite you, if you're sick this morning, then we'd love to pray for you. But also, as well as that, if you know that God has spoken to you about being used by him for stepping out in the air of healing, we'd love to pray for you as well. And in fact, it might make most sense to pray for those people first. <laughs> and then we'll pray for anybody who's sick. That would be better, wouldn't it? We'll do it that way around. So, <laughs> so let's pray and then just see what the Lord wants to do. Father, we do thank you for your presence this morning. Lord, we say we love you. <laughs> we thank you for your word to us. We thank you that you've drawn close to us today. And we pray now in these moments that you would stir our heart. Lord, we say that we want to see you uh, grow your church. We want to know more and more of your presence. Father, we want to see the kingdom of God advance. And Lord, we want to serve you in all sorts of places, not just here, but locally and regionally and nationally and indeed right across the world as you've called us to step out and take the good news of the gospel to other places as well. And so, Father, we pray this morning that you would keep speaking to us about these things, keep stirring our hearts, keep drawing us close to you. We pray, Lord, that we learn well to, to host and value your presence. Help us to step out and bring the kingdom of God, to bring life, Lord, into situations this week. Lord, we pray for one another. Lord, I pray for my friends here today. I pray for myself. I pray and ask you, Lord, that we might speak the life of the kingdom this week. Lord, in every situation, in our homes and families, Lord, in our places of work and recreation, where we live, Father, we pray that we might speak words of life and encouragement, kingdom words. That, Lord, bring your kingdom to bear. Lord, we pray that we'll be part of that this week. We, we commit to you, Lord. We say, use us in that area this week. And, Father, we pray that you'd help us to step out in this whole area of healing, that we might see more and more people healed, and Lord, indeed, come to faith in you, Lord, the ultimate healing of our souls, not just our bodies. So Lord, keep coming to us, please. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk and come along on any Sunday morning.